All right, well, we're going to be in uh, Genesis chapter 32, Genesis chapter 32. Uh, we're looking at an account this afternoon, um, really dealing with the life of Jacob. You remember uh, Jacob and his brother Esau um, were twins, but uh, they were quite different. Uh, you know, Isaac, um, Isaac and Rebekah were their parents, and uh, Isaac had a favorite. He liked Esau, and Rebekah had a favorite, and that was uh, Jacob. And along the way, as uh, Scripture describes, Jacob uh, actually stole Esau's birthright. And remember, he, he tricked his father. Um, remember kind of the account of, of the tale there. Um, uh, Esau was out hunting, and while he was away, um, you know, his father wanted some stew. And uh, instead, Jacob prepares the stew. His mother helps him prepare it according to how his father likes it, and he puts on some woolly fur so that uh, he feels more like he's his brother and he goes into his father and tricks him and steals his brother's birthright. Um, so obviously you can uh, imagine that Esau would not have been too happy about that um, and fearing for his life and his brother's anger uh, he gets some advice from Jacob gets some advice from his mother Rebecca and uh, that's described for us in uh, Genesis 27 uh, verses 43 and 44. I'll read that, and then we'll get to Genesis 32 in a minute. But Genesis 27, 43 says, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, arise, flee thou to Laban, my brother, and Haran, and tarry there with him a few days, until thy brother's fury turn away. And so uh, they, they tricked Esau, and uh, so Jacob goes away, and uh, it's supposed to be for a few days. Uh, supposed to be until his brother is no longer is angry anymore, no longer is upset, and then he'll go home, he'll have the birthright, and everything will be fine. Well, uh, Rebecca told him to leave and, and to be gone for a few days, um, but actually she would never see Jacob again. Um, so that, that was her last time seeing him. Uh, what they thought would be a few days actually turned into years. Um, and so Jacob goes to Haran, he's there with Laban, and he is prosperous, and uh, the Lord prospers him, but uh, he's still fearful, he's still afraid, and so he, he doesn't return home. He, he's fearful of his brother because he had, he had wronged his brother, he had defrauded his brother, he stole from him. And uh, to, during that time, uh, he, he stayed away from home, kept him from seeing his mother, uh, did not he wasn't there when his mother mother died because of that he was he was not there as uh, in 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 his family's area now uh, with that there were many things and challenges that came about because of Jacob's fear and uh, he was afraid and so we're gonna we're gonna look at this uh, today as we work through this passage together in Genesis 32 so in Genesis 32 uh, Jacob is now ready to finally return home. And uh, that process has started, but uh, Genesis 32, beginning of verse uh, 7, says, Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people that was with him, and the flocks, the herds, the camels, into two bands. And he said, If Esau come to the one company and smite it, the other company which is left shall escape. And so uh, he's planning to go back home. He's afraid. He's distressed. He, he doesn't know how he's going to be received, even, even years later. And, um, and, and through that process now, he, he's got all kinds of money. He's got all kinds of wealth. He's got all kinds of animals. And he's ready to return home. He's so afraid, he, he doesn't want to 
go in all at once. He actually divides everything in half. And the idea is, okay, if I come back and my brother is upset still and, and he kills off half of the things, at least maybe I can escape with my life and I'll still have the other half of my stuff. And, uh, you know, just a, a very fearful way to go about uh, life. So imagine that time that he's away from home in Herod. Certainly he probably longed to return. He probably longed to be back home. But he was afraid of his brother, so he, he didn't do so. Um, he, he was afraid that, that in the midst of all of God's blessings that, that there would be this one issue that would, would crop up. And he chronically was in distress as a result of, of what was going on. Now, th- this didn't just affect his state of mind, just the way he was thinking, but it also affected his spiritual life. Verse 9, if we look ahead um, here in Genesis 32, it says, and Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, the Lord which says, said unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal with thee, uh, deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother of my, with my children." Uh, and, and the mother with the children. And thou says, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And so uh, really we're talking here about Jacob's faith. How did this fear affect his faith? Well, God told him to return. And, and he didn't just say, okay, God, wherever you send me, that's where I'll go. Let's go there. He, he said, God, don't let him kill me. <laughs> right? Have you, oh, okay, I'll do it, but I'm going to divide everybody into two, and, and we'll go back separately, so then I can only lose half. But, and, and God told him, he said, if you go back, I will deal well with you. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe he's going to kill you know, that, that is his mind. He, he, is, he is so afraid that he has trouble even accepting God's promise and blessing to him. You know, he, he, was, he was faithful, and he had been faithful in the past in following after the Lord. But when it came to this, this issue, this area of, of going back home again, uh, that fear just seemed to, to overtake him. You know, we, we read there together verses 11 and 12. 11, in verse 11, he is crying out to God, Deliver me from the hand of my brother. I fear him. He might come and kill me. He might kill uh, my kids and their mother. He might, he might kill them all. And then verse 12, you, we, we get to that, and, and, and it says, well, you told me you're going to do good to me. You told me that you're going to make my seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for the multitude. Well, there's a little bit of a contradiction there. You, you can't have your, your, uh, your generations continue year after year. You can't have all your kids multiply and all the grandkids and great-grandkids come, so much so that there is the sand of the sea, and at the same time, you be dead, and, and your kids all die, and, and their, their mothers die. You, you, you can't have that happen, right? That, those are two contrasting ideas, and so he's, he's battling with these two ideas. We could say it this way, fear and faith can't coexist, right? He, he's afraid he's going to get killed. He's afraid his children are going to die, and, and at the same side, God has given him a promise. You, you're going to have a lot of kids, and they're going to keep multiplying. I, I will be with you, and I will help you, 
And he's got these two going on, and, and one after another, he's saying the say, you know, these co uh, contradictory statements. It's fear and faith can't coexist. You know, Jacob's fear also affected his handling of his money, the way in which he handled money. Verse 13, if we begin reading there, says, And he lodged there that same night, took of that which came to his hand a present for Esau's brother, 200 she-goats, 20 he-goats, 200 ewes, 200 rams, uh, 30 uh, camels with their colts, 40, 40 kine and 10 bulls and, and uh, 20 donkeys and 10 foals. And he delivered them into the hand of his servants. And every, every, uh, every dro everyone drove by themselves and said unto his servants, Pass over before me and put a space between uh, drove and drove. And he commanded the foremost, saying, When Esau my brother meeteth thee, ask thee, saying, Whose art thou and whither thou goest? And whose are these before thee? Thou shalt say, They be thy servant Jacob's. It's a present sent unto my lord Esau, and behold, also he is behind us. So commanded he the second, the third, and all that followed the droves, saying, On this manner shall you speak to Esau when you find him. And say ye moreover, Behold, thy servant Jacob's behind us. And he said, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me. And afterwards I'll see his face, peradventure that he will accept, he will accept of me. So went the present over before him, himself lodged the night in the company. He rose up that night, took his two wives, two women servants, and eleven sons, passed over uh, the ford Jabbok, and he took them, sent them over the brook, sent over, uh, over that which he had. All right, so he, he's coming to Esau, he's finally going to meet him, and uh, instead of, of just going to him and saying, hey brother, I'm home, right, he, he divides everything up into these gifts. And, and this is a large gift. This is a, a lot of animals. Why does he give it to his brother? Because he really, really likes them? Because he really loves his brother? No, he's afraid of his brother, right? And so what does he do? He, he, he said, well, maybe I can pay him off. Maybe I can give him these presents beforehand, and then he won't, won't kill me. What's going on? He would suffer financially because of his fear. You know, many times there have been opportunities or things that have come up and, and because of fear we've been unwilling to take advantage of those opportunities sometimes in regard to to, to money or wealth you, you think back to uh, the servants who were given the various talents and what happened uh, some some actually used them and uh, used them for good uh, some some actually at least invested in the bank and got interest and then there there was the one who just hid it in the ground Right? Didn't use it for anything. Why? Because he was afraid. He was, he was afraid something would happen, that he would, he would somehow lose his master's money. And what happened? Was the master pleased with that? No. He, he said, don't, don't, I, didn't, I didn't hand this talent to you for you to take care of it out of fear. I, I wanted you to use it to, to further it, to prosper things. And uh, what's happening to, to Jacob here? He's taking all the wealth that God has given him, and he is just using it out of fear and saying, oh, brother, you just take this, take this, take this, and don't hurt me. <laughs> Certainly missing opportunities there, but, you know, this, these, are, these are funds that could have been used more appropriately in a way that honors God, could have been used in a way that honors God, maybe through uh, sacrifice to these animals. They, they could have been sacrificed to the Lord along the way. They're, there are various ways in which that could happen. There are folks today who are so afraid that they're going to lose their money that they don't use it for the Lord. 
God's called us to use our, our, our money, what he has trust, entrusted us with, what we are stewards over, uh, to use it for his glory. And there, there are a lot of things that have not been accomplished because of uh, folks just being fearful. I'm so thankful for, for our church and our church family because uh, we, we have a generous church who, who gives to the Lord and uh, such a privilege to pastor here. But, uh, but uh, there are many people who suffer from this issue of fear where they just grab onto their own wealth thinking it somehow belongs to them not realizing that the God who gave it to them can take it away in any moment because of their unfaithfulness. Fourthly, we're going to see that Jacob's fear affected his family. If we uh, go ahead to chapter 33, verse 1, it says, Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came with him 400 men. He divided the children unto Leah and unto Rachel and unto the two handmaids. And he put the handmaids and their children foremost, and Leah and her children after, and Rachel and Joseph hindermost. He passed over before them, bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. So what happened? Jacob sees his brother Esau coming with 400 soldiers. And, and, and he's, he panics. Oh, no. And so he, he says, well, I, I'm just going to have to divide my family up. And so, so he sends out the ones he, he doesn't like the, you know, or he likes the least, right? He puts them first. Okay, if somebody's going to die... We'll send the handmaids and their kids out, you know, to, to begin with. And then, uh, Leah, you can be third, and, and Rachel, you will be fourth. And then, and then I'll be back here at the back, so if the fighting breaks out, I can get away the soonest. Uh, pretty terrible, right? I mean, it just, you just think about that way of thinking, that mindset. Imagine the stress if you were put in the first group of people going up to meet Esau. This is not the way a leader in a household behaves. You know, uh, I, I, uh, one of my cousins one time, he was, uh, he was taking a, a medication, a doctor prescribed a medication for him, and, uh, and he had a reaction to the, the medicine. It, it was causing him to hallucinate. And, and so he, he's at the house. He thinks that somebody is in their home. He thinks that somebody has broken in. Now, nobody is breaking in, right? They're perfectly safe. They're fine. But, but he is hallucinating because of a reaction to this prescription medication that his doctor has prescribed for him. And so he, he's having this hallucination, and he thinks somebody is breaking in his house. Right now, his, his wife is there in the house, the kids are down the hallway, and, and you know what he does, how he responds? He jumps up from the bed, runs into the bathroom, and shuts the door and slams it and locks it. <laughs> he was going to be safe. Right now, now, he has an excuse. He was hallucinating. Jacob doesn't have that excuse. Right? He, he is not protecting his family here. He's not acting in faith. He's acting out of fear. So what happens? The meeting actually occurs. The meeting actually takes place here in uh, chapter 33, verse 4. And it says, And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Now, we just went through this whole process. Remember, we, we, we went through this whole thing. He, he, uh, Jacob had, had went and he had been afraid to go back to his own land. He, he wouldn't do it. He, he, God told him, go back, I will bless you. So, said, well, God, I don't know about that. Right? Are, are you sure now's the right time? He might kill me, Lord. Right? Okay, if, if that's not bad enough, 
Then he takes everybody, everything that he has, he divides it up into two. He says, well, Lord, if you don't come through, at least I'll only lose half of it out of fear. Okay, if, if that's not enough, he, he sends these gifts to Esau in advance. Why? Because he, he thinks, okay, well, well maybe if, if I butter him up a little bit, right, if I soften, soften him up toward me a little bit, then, then he'll be okay. Now, if, if that's not enough, once he finally gets to him and, and Esau's got 400 men with him, then he says, oh, well, he, maybe he's still going to kill us. Let's divide up my family and, and he'll at least get to the ones I like the least, right? Who aren't my favorites. And if I lose them, I lose them. And then the moment finally comes, Esau runs up to him, embraces him, falls on his neck, kisses him, and they weep. They embrace and they weep. Esau had forgiven him long ago. And Jacob just kept living in fear. His fears were absolutely groundless. And you know, in this life, a lot of times, our fears are absolutely groundless. When we think about the God that we serve, God is bigger than all of our fears. And we think about those who know the Lord, those who actually are walking with God. Faith in Christ brings about salvation. But you know, part of what comes from that is just his ongoing protection day by day. Regardless of what comes, as long as I'm with the Lord, it's okay. Regardless of what comes, if God is with me, I have nothing to fear. And so, so Jacob goes through this entire process when all of it was unfounded. I don't know today what's going on in your life, what fears you have, you know, certainly we have been at, through a time recently with COVID where a lot of people have lived out of fear, right? How, how much fear? Well, you couldn't find toilet paper, right? Now that, we, we understand that a little bit. And, but then you, you think, okay, finally, things are getting back to normal. Well, that, that works long enough until some hackers shut down a pipeline and then everybody's buying out all the gas once again, right? And, and so COVID gets changed for a gas shortage. And what happened? Five days later, it was absolutely fine again. Everything was running back to normal. And the only reason there was a shortage was because of the fear of, of the panic buyers. You know, the folks out there filling up their grocery bags or uh, trash bags with gasoline at the pumps. I don't know if you saw any of those videos out there on the internet, but... What do we need to do? Have faith. Trust in our God, and He will help us. I encourage you this week to press on in faith, following whatever God would have you to do, being unafraid to take that next right step, that through it all God would be glorified. You know, it's a great privilege to serve our God, and He looks after us, protects us, and takes care of us. We have much to be grateful for. Uh, do trust that this will be a week in which you continue to step out in faith. Faith will drive away the fear. It's just simply that true. Uh, that simply, it, it really is that simple. Uh, faith will drive out the fear. We can have faith in God and press on in what he's called us to. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the power of your word. And Father, we do ask that you would just simply help us to root out those areas of fear. 
May we have greater and greater faith in you and your calling and what, uh, what you would have us to do. Uh, Lord, we, we would ask simply that, that you help us, whether that be witnessing to others and our fear may be holding us back, whether that be witnessing to family members, friends, and fear is preventing us from doing that. Father, whether that be uh, just our interactions with our coworkers, uh, where we bow to pressure when we shouldn't have, when we should stand for what is right, what is righteous, what is pleasing to you. Father, help us to not allow fear to rule our, rule our lives, that we might live by faith. Heavenly Father, we do give you the praise for how you're going to work in our lives and hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.